Hi, welcome to Let's Talk Forex. This is our second last episode of the year before we break for Christmas. And in this episode, we're going to cover a very interesting topic, how to place smarter stops. We discuss when it's appropriate to place tight stops, how to avoid overcrowded stop levels, and which tools you can use to place effective stop losses. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at podcast at fxguts.com. Alternatively, visit our website at fxguts.com. Enjoy. Hey, Alison. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Not too bad. Can't complain. Christmas fast approaching. Yeah. Um, just for our listeners to know, this is our second to last uh, episode before we go on Christmas break. We'll be doing one more episode after this, and then we'll be back uh, in the second week of January. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's Look. our fifth season, hey, Chris? Our fifth. Yeah, something like that. It's getting up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Thank you all for listening to us. I hope we haven't bored you to tears. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be off for a, we'll be off for a couple of weeks, uh, spending some much deserved time with our families. Yeah. Um, it's been a busy and year. I imagine it's been a really busy year and I imagine you'll be on the beach. Won't you, Alison? I'll be on the beach. Yeah. I'm going, I'm actually going to Durban to go visit family. Uh, so oh, nice. yeah, yeah, it'll be very nice. Um, not that I can complain about being here as you saw uh, I shared with you earlier Chris Kenton won the best small town in South Africa uh, by the day uh, yes we did see that very good <laughs> congratulations <laughs> not I that bet I you worked really hard for that didn't you Alison <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah I've got uh, best beaches best bush so for its beaches bush and pizza which was a surprise <laughs> The pizza, the best pizza. Well, you got me interested with pizza. The, the, you can keep the beach in the bushes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. No, no, seriously, good for you. But you do know this means you're going to have a huge number of tourists, even more oh, than you have already. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, as it is already, I can't I can't set foot in the spa. You know, spa's our, our local grocery shop, and it is just yeah. insane at the moment. It's like you can't get parking anywhere near the vicinity. Gosh, yeah, but anyway, we well, we know the the price of success, yeah, (laughs) exactly. The price of success is tourism, but um, anyway, Alison, what are we we talking about today? Uh, so today we're going to be talking about smart placing smarter stops. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a yeah, it's quite a it's quite a contentious sort of issue where to place stops. You know, if you look at the textbooks, it, it sort of suggests that you place stops at certain key levels and that, but um, there's some reasons not to. So we're going to dive a little bit into. Um, you know the subtleties of where where you should place your stops or, or where it might be better idea to place stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and the primary goal of obviously any trader is to risk as little as possible, um, and obviously to make as much as possible. And of course, the most effective tool to achieve it is proper stop loss positioning. Um, and the key is to find the sweet spot that avoids the typical overcrowded levels, and then of course not having your stops too wide. Or too tight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, you're always going to have losing trades, right? This is going to happen to everyone, uh, where you're going to get stopped out. But you know, the aim of your stop loss isn't to avoid being stopped out, right? It's there. It's it's how to use the stops efficiently. Because what you're trying to do, number one, first and foremost, is protecting your capital. 
yeah. and that's the whole point of a stop loss. Exactly. And if um, and as I said, you know, if you look at what the textbooks and tutorials and in fact Investopedia say about taking mm-hmm. stop losses and then finding those levels, they say that the most recent support or resistance is um, where you should look at placing placing those stops. You know, either just below the support if you're going long or above the resistance if if you're going short. But the problem is yep. these, these levels are often very overcrowded, and that can be a big problem. Yeah, and, and another popular method is to use the moving average uh, as a guide. You know, you place a stop just below a longer moving average if you're going long or above it uh, if you're going short. And, you know, placing your stops at these levels is, is good. It's good practice in a, lot of, in a lot of cases. And we'll provide examples of where placing your stops at these levels is a good idea. But you also want to avoid placing, as you said, stops in overcrowded areas, uh, particularly where many other retail traders are going to be placing their stops. Um, and again, look, we're going to cover all this uh, in this episode. Yeah. Um, so basically, when you're placing your stops, your goals are to risk as little as possible, to make as much as possible. So obviously, a good risk-reward ratio, not to have your stops too wide, not to have your stops too tight, and then to avoid the typical crowded stop levels. So if you have that as a sort of guide for placing your stops, you're, you'll probably, you know, you'll probably find those sweet spots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to iterate, we're not trying to avoid being stopped out here. Stops are there to protect you. They're there to take you out of a trade with a maximum loss that you've defined beforehand and that you're comfortable losing. That's the whole idea here. It's protection. Mm. However, you do want to be as efficient as possible with yeah. setting these stops. And that's what this this episode is all about. Exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of people sort of get a bit confused with that, with saying, oh, well, you don't want to get stopped out. And what they do then is just move their stops. But yeah, it defeats the purpose entirely. Exactly, capital. So, yeah. so see the stop as a as a protection and uh, mm-hmm. something that you want to have. And if it, you get stopped out, it's it's for good reason. Um, yeah, you've just paid a fee for your insurance, basically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the first rule we have is place your stop at a point where your trade will no longer be valid. And what we mean by this is that you, if you are in a long trade, for example then you want to place your stop at a point where if the price reaches it, then that long trade would no longer be viable. So if you had a trade set up that you thought was going to go a certain direction, but it changes direction, and now you know that that trade will never go that direction because now it's invalidated that trade, you want to set the stop at that level. Yeah, exactly. Basically, your stop loss should be placed in a location where if the price reaches it, then that trade setup's been invalidated. So if it's a long trade, then that no longer makes sense, and you should now be looking at a short instead. And the same is true for short trades, where you should place, you know, where you should place a stop loss order at a point where if it reaches the price trend, it, pre- it reaches a place where the price trend has changed, then the setup no longer favors that short trade, but instead is now favoring a long trade, then that's exactly the place where you should set your, set your stop loss. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, this is probably one of the most important principles um, you can sort of look at when placing your stops. Um, mm-hmm. And you should probably consider this first before moving on to other principles and factors, like what we mentioned before, you know, at uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the various key levels or at, at various moving averages. Yep, yep. Um, so the second thing we're going to look at is, is tight stops. And it's something we mentioned at the top here. One of the biggest mistakes traders make is they set their stop losses too tight. You know, how often does it happen to you? I know it's happened to both of us a lot, Alison. 
Mm. Um, that you have a good setup, you find your signal and your trigger, and then you get stopped out. Only for the trade to go the way that you thought it would eventually, after you got stopped out. <laughs> so although you want to risk as little as possible, if your stop loss is too tight, you're just going to lose all the time. Um, and this can end up frustrating you. And ironically, you'll end up risking more and losing more of your capital. The whole point of your stop loss, you're going <laughs> you're gonna to be, be losing more of your capital than, uh, than you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. So, you know, although we're saying, you, you know, watch out for those tight stops, there are certain trade setups and market, market conditions that do call for tight stops. Um, and the first is when you have a high momentum trending market. So, in other words, when the market is going in one direction very quickly, then you can also use them when you see a flag set up to the up or the downside. And you could place your stop at the bottom of the last candle, sort of where the flag is, um, mm-hmm. before you get that breakout. Uh, that's also a reasonable place where you could um, place a, a tight stop. And another time to use one is, is at a tight stop, is, is to use a tight stop is during a breakout trade. Exactly. You know, when you, when you have a huge gap, up with the high volume and continued upward, upward momentum. Here, you likely set a relatively tight stop because you expect the price to continue going up. Um, and of course, if it's a fault break, false breakout, then you want your stop loss tight to protect your capital. Yeah, so basically tight stops are valid for momentum trades with a, a direction or for breakout trades. But if you're trading something like mean reversions, for example, then tight stops are just going to be a huge hindrance. So just be aware, yep. momentum and breakouts, good places to to have tight stops. Yeah, yeah. so don't rule them out, but be very mindful of when to use them, um, which trade setups require a tight stop. You know, but also, you know, on the other side of this, you don't want your stops to be too wide because, of course, then you're increasing your risk. And this goes against the whole goal of risking as little as possible to make as much as possible. And this is what we were talking about earlier, Alison, about people just putting really wide stops um or moving their stops uh, mm. which is um terrible idea yeah yeah and it just reduces that risk reward ratio you know you start to eventually risk more than your your possibly you know the possible reward of course yeah um and then the next stop loss strategy is to avoid overcrowded levels and this is probably one of the most important stop loss strategies we we sort of come across um so why would you avoid overcrowded stops well if you look at the stats, the majority of retail traders lose money and they're all doing very similar things. So many traders are putting their stops at the same levels and, you know, it's guided by the advice they get from different tutorials and videos. Again, placing your stop below the low of the day or above the high of the day or at the level of the moving average. But what you're going to find is that these stop levels are going to be very overcrowded. In other words, many retail traders are going to be placing their stops at these same levels. Yep. Because they're all getting the same advice and they're exactly. all being told to do the same thing. And and it's not bad advice, you know, no. at the end of the day. <laughs> Usually it would be fantastic advice. Um, but the reason you want to avoid these levels is that big banks, big institutional traders, they understand that these are the levels where retail traders have their stops. And so they target they target these price levels to drive prices in a certain direction. Exactly. So, for example, um, a, a large institutional investor might place a big sell order at a level where many of these, um, well, where they assume many of these stop loss orders are. And mm-hmm. this action then triggers these orders, which obviously incites a flurry of selling that drives that asset's price even lower. 
And then the institutional investor purchases, you know, the whatever asset it is at a lower price and then can generate substantial profits. And I find that so many times you see this beautiful bar and suddenly you just see this huge, this pin bar just going lower and lower and lower, triggering the stop and then going back up and then the candle, you know, breaking out to the upside if you, if you've got your, your, um, stop below the low, for example, it happens all the time. And, and you would have noticed it. It might've happened to you too. If, if you're I'm uh, sure, as, I'm sure everybody's seen this. I think, I think, yeah. that, you know, yeah. And look, some traders don't buy into this theory and there is, you know, there is an aspect of confirmation bias going on here as well. And it's, you know, it's hard to prove, right? You're not going to be able to prove this. And some traders will see this as a conspiracy, but it is something to be aware of. And and it is something both you and I have seen in the markets, Alison, and I think a lot of our listeners will have seen as well. And you especially see it around uh, big fundamental events. So, you know, NFP releases or interest interest rate uh, data releases, this kind of stuff. Yes. Um, you'll see, you'll especially see this kind of movement happening. And it might only be a few pips, but you can imagine with the mm-hmm. large institutions, I mean, they make millions of books. Yeah. Well, it's got to be big enough to move the market, you know, the exactly. sell order in this case, you know, so that's a hefty whack of money that they're yeah. spending there. And it's all algorithmic trading these days, you know, these banks and institutions, you know, they'll, they'll know where the stops are and they'll, they'll move, they move much faster than a human being can. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it happens. I think I'm fairly confident this kind of stuff mm-hmm. happens and it's something um, we want you guys to be aware of. Yeah, and if you want to avoid being targeted by, mm-hmm. by these stop hunters, then you want to identify areas where there are going to be a large number of stop loss orders, as we just said. So you can do this by analyzing your charts and identifying those key support and resistance levels and trend lines. And when the price approaches these levels, uh, you'll know that there's going to be a cluster of these orders placed just below or or above these areas. So it's something yep. it's something you just want to be aware of when you're setting your stop, that there's going to be yep. a cluster of them. And they will be targeted. Yeah, exactly. And if you identify these areas, you can avoid placing your stop loss orders at these zones. And then instead, you can pinpoint levels that aren't likely to be breached, you know, which is, I'm not saying it's going to work perfectly, but it's going to reduce your, the risk of, um, of you being hit by uh, one of these stop loss raiders. Yes, absolutely. And another strategy is uh, to not place your stop loss orders at um, round numbers. So uh, round numbers are obviously um, highly targeted areas as well. So, for example, if the current price of gold is $2,000 and uh, you're tempted to put your stop loss order at $1,950 or $2,005, depending on your, or your, on your direction, you may find that market manipulators or these stop loss hunters uh, will target these levels to trigger a wave of selling or buying. So those are, those are other areas that you just want to be aware of. Um, the round numbers. Yeah. And then some other good advice, use, use an average tree range, ATR. You know, this is a good indicator. It can be used to measure the volatility of a security. Um, you know, and the ATR is calculated by taking the average of the true range of an asset, per- asset over a specific period. So it's um, a really accurate indicator of, of true volatility. Yeah, it is. And statistically speaking, an asset is unlikely to deviate from its ATR. So by using it, you can set your stop loss levels at a, at a level that you that considers the asset's volatility, should I say. So it may help you avoid placing your stops close to the current price, which could make them susceptible to, to stop loss hunting. 
Um, so, for example, if the current price of a of an asset is fifty dollars and the ATR is two, then you may want to set your stop loss order at forty eight dollars um, because it will give you enough um, give the price enough room to fluctuate without triggering your order um, if it's the average sort of volatility of that of that asset. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, more yeah, uh, slightly yeah less uh, less risky way of uh, setting them. Uh, but look, sometimes you you have to set your stops at at these levels, you know, these levels that make sense because you know they make sense, <laughs> and uh, and they'll make sense for you in terms of your risk reward ratio, and also because of the trade setup. You know, there's a reason why people use them. Um, but think about splitting your stops as well. So place fifty percent of your stop at one of these key levels, and the other fifty percent of your stop further away, or using the ATR instead. Um, yeah. You know, this means that you can still protect your capital, but you give yourself the opportunity to profit from the trade if it does go in your direction. Yeah, I think that's quite a balanced way to look at it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so in summary, you want to avoid placing your stops too tight unless it's a momentum or breakout trade or a flag trade. Um, you obviously want to avoid placing your stops too wide because you mess mm. up your risk-reward ratio and you obviously put your capital at risk. Um, and then you want to avoid overcrowded levels, uh, like key support and resistance levels, because these levels are often targets of stop hunters. And of course, you want to use um, tools like the ATR to place your stops um, and possibly split your stops up if if you feel like you have to use these key levels to you know to place your stops for your risk reward ratio or for the trade setup. Yeah, exactly. But be particularly wary of using. Um using these key support and resistance levels around times of big fundamental data releases and, uh, uh, when you know there's going to be a lot of volatility in the market. And, and a lack of liquidity as well. Um, mm-hmm. because that's, that's when they'll really look for that liquidity and, cre- and you know, they'll be liquidity hunting as well. Yep, yep. Exactly. So, as I said, next week is our, um, is our podcast finale for the year. What are we talking about? What are we going to be talking about next week, Alison? Um, so we're going to be covering the biggest trading scandals of 2023. Oh, juicy. Yeah, it will be juicy. There have been quite a few this yeah. year. There have been. I think <laughs> most years there are quite a few, but there's some good ones this year particularly. Yeah, yeah I really look forward to that. Very festive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some festive scandals for you. Some uh, fantastic. Scandal, yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks. Well, I really look forward to that, uh, Alison. And um, I'll speak to you then. Great. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, then. Cheers.